0: And welcome to something new. This uh, We are going to be starting a Urban Shadows game. First of all, I should probably give you guys a little background on what's going on right now. Uh, In our personal lives, we were all planning on going elsewhere for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And then everyone in our family, at least someone in all of our immediate or extended family, got COVID. And so they're fine, by the way. Don't worry. Um, Yeah. (laughs) they, They seem to be recovering fine. But we, then we couldn't visit any of our families. So we're stuck here. And we're going to make the most of it. And we are going to play some Urban Shadows. And I have been looking yes. forward to this for quite a while. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Shadows oh, of St. Yeah. Floor, plays Urban Shadows really, really well. And I have enjoyed that. So I've been really looking forward to this. And uh, I am not going to be GMing it this time. That is going to be the honor of Hannah. Hannah, would you like to tell yes. our audience what this is called?
1: Um. Yeah, so this is going to be uh, Tomb of the Giant is, I think, the All best right. name for it. So, Tomb yeah, we're going to be playing Urban Shadows. I am the MC, the Master of Ceremonies is what they call it in this system. Um, it's... I mean, it's a powered by the apocalypse game. So it's pretty similar to like, you know, monster of the week or masks, which we've played before. Um, I think the major difference differences is something called debt. Um, All of the characters kind of accrue debt as we go through. So debt is basically a currency for manipulation kind of. <laughs> um, there are specific debt moves that you can do to kind of get what you want out of either other PCs or NPCs. Um, so that's one of the main differences. There's also four distinct factions. Um, they're called Wild, Power, Mortality, and Night. So each of them, I'll, I'll describe them a little bit more in the prologue I've set up for you guys. So I'll address that later, like the differences between them. And then I think the only other, like, difference, major difference, is a mechanic called Corruption. So, um, each class kind of has a specific, um, they're called Drama Moves, and one of them causes them to gain Corruption. Now, you kind of mark Corruption, like you would mark, like, um, advancements for Monster of the Week, and then once you, like, uh, fill up your bar for corruption, you choose a corruption move. Um, so basically, what corruption does is it's kind of like, it's supposed to be like the characters are falling into more of their true nature. So it's supposed to signify that they kind of have made bad decisions or put people in harm's way to get what they want, and so it's kind of a sign of them becoming more corrupt as they go through the story. So that's kind of what corruption is. Anything else that I'm missing? Susanna, you're familiar with the system. Anything that I'm missing, or is that... No, think I, that's
0: think that's pretty, I think that's a pretty good <laughs> summary. Anything else we can okay. kind of come up with as we go along? The I think you should probably mention this yes Yes, yeah
1: oh yes and the stats so instead of having like weird cool sharp like that kind of thing we have um now nah, i'm not gonna remember all of them mind blood, blood spirit and and heart. something else heart yes so yeah. mind blood spirit and heart so there's four stats which lead to different moves which i'm sure we will use all of them throughout the show
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably
1: I we'll do so. one I of those things where we'll them.
2: we'll just explain the moves as they become relevant like we've done yeah, in other shows. I
0: think that'll so. be pretty simple. Yeah. I don't think we really need to go through them. It's not complicated.
1: The first time we use a move, I can read off what it is. Um, same with like the first time we use a specific move for a specific class. Um, we can just read off yeah. what it is the first time we use it. Makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. Any questions before I read our prologue?
0: Before we get started, I do want to encourage mm-hmm. folks to come join us yes. over on the Cast Junkie server to come talk about this. My uh, my friends at the Shadows of Saint Floor podcast that also run Urban Shadows are also on the Cast Junkie server. So uh, yeah, come 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 check us both out. We have our own little uh, little hole, our little home down uh, in the little Thornvale section. So you can come come check us out and and. Uh, Tell us what you think of the show. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And anyways, it's better than sitting on our hands on this vacation that didn't happen. Mm, So uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Uh, Take it away, Anna.
1: Alrighty, so I'm going to read through what I've called the prologue. Um, It's basically kind of to set up the world or like the location that we're in because the big thing with Urban Shadows is it focuses on the city itself. So the main like, one of the main mechanics is just making sure like the city feels like a real city and it feels like alive. So I've come up with this specific city setting um, and for the prologue, I'm going to kind of read through it. I'll ask you if you guys have any like questions and then we'll go into like character introductions. Um, also in advance, I am going to attempt to say some words in Spanish. I sincerely apologize in advance if I absolutely <laughs> butcher them. Okay, I am not Like I don't have any kind of Hispanic or you know Latino heritage. I am white as I'll get out. I am trying my best. Okay. Yeah.
2: I I actually need to jump in just because it'll it'll become relevant later. But I may attempt an accent for my character. I'll get to it during character introductions. But same vein of same vein of thinking, I will probably butcher it. Yeah, so. I may
0: also attempt an accent. I'm not gonna tell you what it is because yeah. um, then you can't. Then you won't know if I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then you don't know if it's wrong. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Alrighty. So, in the center of the Nazca lines in the Peruvian desert lays a sprawling cityscape. In the heart of the city, there is a massive tree standing about 1,500 feet tall. Its branches and leaves shielding part of the city from the sun's harsh rays. A thousand years ago, the Nazca lines began to glow, the earth shook, and suddenly the line formation that was known as the tree came to life. This strange phenomenon attracted attention and thus Nazca in the desert, or more commonly called Nazierto, was founded. Unbeknownst to the ordinary people living in Nazierto, another strange phenomenon started occurring shortly after the tree came to life. Fae creatures pulled themselves from the roots of the tree, dazed and confused in this new world. Humans that lived in the newly founded settlement were corrupted and changed into something else. As Nezierto grew in population, so did the size of these distinct factions. Most belonged to mortality, the average humans with no knowledge of the supernatural. Humans who experienced the Cambiando, or the changing, separating themselves into the night. Fae creatures from the other world gathered into hidden places and called themselves the wild. Others only know them as the Nesito de la born of the tree. The newest faction, called Power, consists of humans who have learned to harness this energy that surrounds the tree. Okay, any questions? (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) About the setting Uh, that we find ourselves in.
3: I'm. I mean, I'm loving this setup okay. so far, man. This yeah, is... I, I. love the fact
2: okay. <laughs> that the that it's true that the tree came to life and the city was built around that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of any questions.
1: Okay, I just wanted to make sure everything was clear, like how these these fantasy creatures came to be, because this is like supposed to be our world, like that we're living in, like, so. Uh-huh. This is supposed to be like the real world, but for some reason, this phenomenon happened in Nazca, and so Nazca has, or Nazierto, has this like supernatural presence, and that's the Mm. explanation as to why.
3: Okay. Nice. Okay, then.
1: Also, I just wanna say, I did a lot of research into Nazca for this, and all of the line formations that I'll mention are actually real, so I'm just gonna put that
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The city is fantasy though, right?
1: yes the city is complete okay. fiction there is no city in the desert in the nazca lines the closest city is nazca Although that's why that i call it really like cool. nazca in the desert so it's nazierto. Hmm. okay cool okay all right um, i
2: think my only other question is maybe this isn't important but is there magic elsewhere in the world It probably isn't important for the setting. I'm just curious because of my character.
1: Maybe. They're not sure. It's something. Yeah, it's something that's kind of like not widely known, but there are specific like magical like, I mean, you know, from people coming in and out of the city that there are magic in part, like different parts of the world. You're just not sure how much.
2: Okay. Gotcha. It's not
1: really something that's like common, but it's out
2: there. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Sounds good. All righty. Susanna, we're going to start with you. All right. All right. So um, Susanna, your character is standing in a forest. The tree trunks are made of a dark, twisted wood. The light around you actually looks purple as it filters through the colored leaves above you. The grass is tall, and it comes to about your waist. There are dozens of blue fireflies flashing on and off around you. And suddenly you hear the crack of a tree branch behind you and you turn and you see a tall Fae woman and she looks absolutely panicked. She grabs your shoulders and you can feel that she's trembling. And she just says, please, you, you have to open the tomb. His forces are growing, we have to. And then her voice cuts out and you jerk awake in your bed. Susanna, go ahead and describe to us your character and go over your class.
0: So I think what you see, you see first is a is a large like pop of color. I'm wearing like an old school like night dress, but it's just like the brightest thing you've ever seen. It's just covered in colors and <laughs> like textures and flowers and stuff. And, and then I think you notice the... Um, The somewhat pale-looking woman that kind of lays there, she's pretty tall. She has long black hair down to, like, past her shoulders and to the middle of her back. Uh, Right now it's kind of messy because she was tossing and turning in her sleep. She looks mostly human, but there's something a little off about her. Her eyes are just a little too blue to be, like, normal. You know, and her features are a little sharper mm-hmm. and and less less soft as the the sort of people around here. She doesn't really look like any of the natives either. And she kind of sits up in her bed. <sighs> is this a dream that I've had before? Or is this something new? No,
1: this is completely new.
0: Yeah. I think her yes, eyes are just kind new. of wide. She's got these bright like brilliantly like Super, super blue eyes, and she's just kind of sitting there. She closes her eyes for a moment and sort of rubs her eyes, and then she stands up and walks over to a dresser and opens it up and starts picking out equally gaudy and bright clothing that's kind of flouncy and it covers her covers her whole body, <laughs> but it's very flowy and and uh, she's got like um like hammer pants almost. But, uh, it's all very bright colors and covered in flowers. And she just kind of... Excellent. <sighs> calms down once she has her, her flowery clothes on and starts a to move around and do what she does for the day.
1: Okay. Do you want to go ahead and describe your class?
0: Uh, yeah. I will go into a little bit. Um, so I am playing the Fae. And, uh, my, my name is Ashira. Um... I don't want to go too far into it. Um, I will say Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I will say that my whole class kind of de- kind of has to do with promises and lies and debts. So I I deal in debts mm-hmm. and promises from other people. Um, so that's that's kind of the the the, the okay. heart of my class, but I won't go too far into it.
1: Okay. Um, so as you're getting, like, kind of ready, uh, your cell phone starts to ring.
0: Okay. I uh, pick up the cell phone. Hello?
1: You see that the caller ID says it's Lewis. Oh. Um, you know that... Just so you know. Um, yeah. You know that Lewis is your king's, like, kind of, like, right-hand assistant. It's someone that you've worked with learned like, know before. He says, um... Hi. Sorry. I, I know this is you know, pretty sudden. Uh, But the king, he's requesting you, they found something. They're not quite sure what it is. Can you meet me at the excavation site?
0: Yes, I suppose I can. Where the excavation site?
1: Um, Yeah, you would know the excavation site that he's referring to is something that your faction has been working on for a while. Okay. Um, It is, if you look at your map on roll 20, and you scroll down to the Poquillos. So, um, you would know that this excavation site is at the end of the Poquillos that they call the Condor. Um, for a bit of context, the okay. Paquillos is actually an underground aqueduct that the Nazcan civilization built in the area that they All still right. use today. This is actually a real thing. Um, cool. So the paquillos are an underground like aqueduct system. So um, you would know that this excavation site is at the end of what they call the condor Pakeos. Um The Paquillos in the city are named after the bird line formations in the area.
0: Oh, yes, I will meet you down there at the entrance.
1: Okay, uh, thanks. Sorry, I- again, I'm sorry. I know this is last minute, but he's pretty insistent that he needs you specifically.
0: It is fine, it is fine. I'll meet you there.
1: Okay, so we're gonna continue with- you said- sorry, her name is pronounced Ashira? Ashira. Ashira, okay. So, Ashira, you actually live pretty close to an entrance to one of these underground, like, aqueducts. Um, also, just so everyone is aware, the Pakiya's are not something that are accessed by normal humans because of the amount of supernatural presence in these aqueducts. Um, they're mainly used by, like, the supernatural, like, kind of people in the city to travel from, like, point A to point B undetected. So normal humans don't really travel down here, but it's very common for the supernatural to use them. So, um, Ashira, you go ahead and you walk through this underground tunnel, um, by the waterway and you reach what appears to be the end of the tunnel. However, you know that they've actually shielded this area with a glamour. Um, so you walk through like this false wall at the end of the Pakiyo and you enter into this large excavation site and Lewis is actually leaned up against the wall by the entrance to like uh greet you and he stands up and brushes himself off before he like waves for you to follow him so he leads you to the back of this excavation site and you see that they've uncovered an archway it's made of sandstone and there's an ancient language inscribed onto the top of this archway. Um, below it is a large slab of stone and it's inlaid with like a set of four concentric circles. And there's a thick layer of sand and dust on the archway and these circles. So standing in front of the archway is Mark. He's the king of your court. And down here in like the safety of the tunnels, he's like in his true form. So he's about five foot seven, brunette, brown eyes, and he has these like gorgeous blue wings behind, like um, because he's a fae, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he has these like beautiful blue wings. So um, he says, Ashira, I'm I'm glad you're here. I know you've been studying the other world, and I was wondering if you know what language this is on the archway. It looks familiar, but I I can't place it. I've asked everyone here. No one else really can. And he like kind of gestures at all the fae around him kind of like grunt and like (laughs) look away. Like they're like frustrated. They've obviously been arguing over this for like hours.
0: (laughs) Does it look familiar to me?
1: Um, go ahead and investigate a place of power. And so that is actually a faction move. So you can go ahead and roll with wild and mark wild for like your faction, like advancement. Is that how you word that? I don't know if that's the right wording, but it's like marking factions is how you advance.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You have to earn a point in each faction, so to speak in order to level up
1: yes also i'm gonna add a picture here i ruled a seven i drew a picture for you guys
0: oh <laughs> i like pictures mm-hmm. and uh, for anyone listening once this when like. the first episode of this comes out we will be posting all of the pictures and maps that we are using for everyone on instagram uh so if you would like to see what we are actually doing you can find us on thornvale podcast on instagram
1: Okay, can you see it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I put yeah. put it by the Pakillos. I really like okay. that cool. script on the top. It's a cool script. Yeah. Thank you. I made it up from my head. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> mm. Wow.
1: Um, okay, so you rolled a seven. I did. So you can tell that the inscription on the archway reads Tomb of the Giant and you take a closer look, and you realize that the concentric concentric circles below the archway actually appear to be a magical lock of some kind. Okay. And with Investigate a Place of Power, you can ask me one question. Oh. It's any question, (laughs)
0: pretty much. Oh, any question? (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's wait. Says, wait a second! Um, Isn't that it's only, only on a 10, ten plus? Yeah. Oh, on a ten plus. Okay, never okay. mind. You don't get a question fine. then. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, you are able to read that this inscription says "Tomb of the Giant," and you can tell that the circles are a magical lock.
0: Okay. Yeah. It says um a tomb of the giant. The the circles here, they seem to be some kind of magical lock.
1: Does that mean anything to you? With that, we're going to switch over to Benjamin. Okay. Benjamin, you are immediately struck with a vision. Okay. It's a familiar vision to you. Um, but actually, mm-hmm. let me ask you, how do these visions usually feel for you? Like, how do these visions kind of happen?
2: Okay, so... Most of the time they happen in dreams. They don't have to, though. Um But okay. the, the, I usually get one every, maybe every other night or so. I wouldn't say it's every night.
1: Okay. But these
2: visions are usually, like, so one of my character questions when I was creating my class, it says, how do you cope with the visions and what are the nightmares like? So... I took that to mean that these visions normally aren't very pleasant. Um, I think that the the thing that makes them unsettling and weird is that the landscapes are kind of off and twisted. Um, but the people in those places look like normal people, and they're like able. I'm able to discern like who I'm looking at or what they would look like. But the landscape gotcha. around them is just off and wrong. Maybe major landmarks stand out. So like, let's say I get a vision of like. A car crash somewhere, you know, like I would be able to tell where it happens by a couple key features, but it's not like exactly the same. There's things that are twisted or shifting or off, basically. Mm -hmm. Does uh, does that answer your question, or do you want to know how like they actually come to me?
1: No, that that works. Okay, Okay, so you see this vision, and it's something that Mm -hmm. you've seen before, and you said that they usually come in dreams. I actually say this is probably the middle of the night, maybe getting close to early morning. Um, Mm -hmm. But still in that kind of in-between where you're not sure whether to call it morning or night. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But so you have this vision and it's actually similar to the one that brought you to Nazirto in the first place. So Mm -hmm. the vision starts the same, but it twists and becomes different. So you have this bird's eye view of the Nazca Lines. You're high up in the sky looking down and they all begin to glow with an immense magical energy. And the brightest of them all is actually the star formation in the north, which catches your attention first. Then you start to hear the woman's screams. The screams that have haunted you almost every night since you have first had this vision. Her screams are tortured, pained, and your vision focuses on the formation called the giant. You're suddenly standing at the mysterious archway that you've seen many times. The woman's screams getting louder and louder. But this time, instead of you uselessly beating your fist against the stone slab beneath the archway until you bloody your hands, you reach for the witch's stone that you carry with you. You look through the hole in the stone and see the magic pouring from the four circles in the slab. You pull the witch's stone away from your eye and you read the Greek inscription off of it. Suddenly, the third circle in the stone slab begins to spin and then clicks into place, and the vision ends just as abruptly as it began. So, Mm. Andrew, go ahead and describe to us your character and what he looks like. And we already kind of touched on what your class is, but just, you know, anything you'd like to tell us about your class.
2: Yeah, okay. So first off, my character's name is Benjamin Ezra. He is a... Early '30s Israeli man. Um, he, as you as you pointed out in the vision, um, I, ca- I came to Nazierto because of these visions I was having about, the, you know, the, the giant, uh, the the lines and the the woman screaming and the door. Um, so I came here trying to figure out what was going on because my class is called the Oracle. So I get these visions, and my class is based around trying to figure these visions out and stop them from coming to fruition. Um, I won't get into my moves too much, but a lot of my moves, um, the, the, the base moves where we get to ask questions, or some of my own oracle moves where I get to ask questions, uh, it's kind of built around figuring out what's going on, basically. Mm-hmm and as far as like corruption like i get corrupted by getting my prophecies wrong basically and telling people the wrong thing so <laughs> yeah i am from the power faction um, just in case that wasn't obvious i don't think i need to get into any other two big specifics class mm-hmm. wise
1: yeah that sounds good uh, to i you. guess my
2: stats my stats are uh, zero blood minus 1 heart one mind and two spirit and then, as that far as the sense. character himself, um, let's see here. He's new to the city. Uh, he hasn't been here long. He's been here maybe a couple months at best. And uh, yeah, he is here trying to figure out what's going on.
1: Okay, cool. So you've just had this vision, and you've had enough of these vi- like visions to so know that this is definitely a vision and mm-hmm. not just like some dream or a nightmare. Um, hmm. It's the middle of the night. Uh, before we get too far into it, let's go ahead and roll your beginning of session move, um, which is foretellings. Mm, yeah. You yes. roll that with spirit. So go ahead and do that. Yes.
2: I will go ahead and roll foretellings, tellings, which just says at the beginning of the session, roll with spirit on a 10 plus hold two on a seven, nine hold one. And then during the session, I can use my hold to declare something terrible is about to happen. And Great. then me and my allies get plus one to avoid that disaster. On a miss, I foresee the death of someone important to me and take minus one to all rolls to prevent it. So basically it's kind of like the uh the flakes, um uh what's what's the name of your move, Wesley and Thornville? Connect Thornvale? the dots. Connect the dots. It's kind of like connect the dots, but Basically, like, I can just say, like, the example they give in the book is, let's say you're being hunted by a vampire. You could be, like, the vampire's going to catch me. And that's not making it true. It's just meaning that, you know, you get a, a vision plus saying... Plus to escape yeah. the vampire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So I can make yeah. myself able to, start, like, do better at something, essentially.
1: So, yes. Yeah, you can, yeah, like, this will predict just, yeah. that something is going to happen, and it gives you, like, a bonus to prevent that thing from happening.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this roll will tell me how often I get to do that throughout the mystery, essentially. And my roll is... Wow. (laughs) I rolled a five. I get a plus two to this roll. So I rolled a three plus two. Awesome. Great way to start off. Oh, Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay. Wow. So on a miss, you foresee the death of someone important to you. I'm not going to oh. have that happen right now. I'm going to save uh, that.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Great.
1: <sighs>
3: okay. <sighs> okay. We might have to use that laugh as a, a sound spot for a <laughs> goblin or something at a later date.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Yeah. Um, Benjamin, you've seen this vision. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. decide to do with this new information? Because like I said, this vision is different than the one you've seen before.
2: Yeah, it's not and the same. And it involves same. you okay.
1: this time, specifically.
2: I guess, my, well, this might bring up one of my debts, then I might describe this kind of background to explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, first uh, first off, though, so yeah, Benjamin is kind of lying in bed. He's in kind of a, a small, kind of not very fancy apartment, uh, and he bolts up from bed he's like breathing heavy and he's just like uh, he's just kind of like his mind's swimming from waking up from one of these visions he's not like completely awake yet you know he's just kind of like starting to wake up Mm -hmm. and he's thinking through it and the big change from the vision was I see like me using the witch stone to do something to the door right?
1: Correct yes correct
2: my my question is um so, I'll bring up the debt now. I owe Ashira a debt because when I first came to Nazierto, I was looking for help and trying to figure out what my visions could mean. And mm-hmm. through, I guess, maybe the grapevine, I was kind of led her way as kind of knowing, you know, things that are kind of along the lines of my vision. And she helped me. My, my debt to her is that I owe her two debts for helping me understand my dreams and visions. So my question is, before I know, is do I... Like, what did she help me figure out? Did did she already know about this door she just looked at, or is that something new for her at the excavation site?
1: That would be something new for Ashira. They just uncovered this archway, which is why they called her there.
2: Okay. So then she didn't even know the archway was there, so when she helped me understand my visions, it wasn't about the archway itself. It was just about other parts of the vision. in general yeah yeah yeah.
1: maybe like the magic pouring through the lines or something like that
2: yeah through the nazca lines yeah okay yeah that makes sense yeah. so i've talked with her before about my vision i'm thinking i would probably try to call her and let her know that my vision changed
1: okay go ahead and, role and see play if that, if through that, that means quickly.
2: anything yeah or, so um yeah. Also as I brought up earlier in the episode, I maybe will attempt an Israeli accent. I, I might not. <laughs> you might just have to pretend, but uh
1: pretend. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Yeah. Uh it's okay. So yeah, he uh he kind of stumbles out of bed. He he kind of like walks over to the kitchen and, get, and you know gets himself a glass of water and drinks it to kind of calm himself down. And then I and I would assume I have Ashira's number because she's been helping me with these visions and trying to understand them specific to this area. So Mm -hmm. I punch in her number and see if she picks up.
1: Where am I right now? (laughs) You're still in the excavation site.
0: Okay, do I feel like it's acceptable for me to...
2: Does she even have reception down there?
0: Yeah, do I have reception? I mean, do I feel like it's acceptable for me to answer the phone?
2: In the presence of royalty. Um, mm. You
1: could probably like excuse yourself and answer it. The fake yeah, court, I think at least with Mark, it's a pretty casual kind of thing, at least with you. <laughs> so yeah. you guys are more on like a comfortable basis than other people on the court.
0: Yeah, I think I just see my phone and I realize that it's Ben and I'm just hmm interesting. And I'm and I I look over at Mark and I say uh oh
2: one moment I need to go take this.
0: And I I say hello.
2: Yes, uh Ashira, it's it's Ben. Uh I my my visions uh they they've changed.
0: Ezra how have they changed?
2: The um, uh, the the door, um, the, the door in my visions. I, I'm not beating on them anymore. I'm I'm. I'm my my witchstone. I I I did something with it and changed. Made the door move. Uh, one of the circles on the door.
0: Circles. Ezra, can you describe this door again?
2: Yes, um, it's a it's, it's a wide stone door. It's got strange script across the top. It uh, it uh, there, there's these concentric circles on it that uh, I don't really know what they do, other than this new vision where they appear to move.
0: Right, uh, one moment, and I put him on hold, and I go walk over to Ben. Or I go walk over to Mark, and I say, So, there is a person that I know that has um, visions? And he's been seeing this door.
1: I think Mark just kind of, like, looks at you confusedly, like, he's been seeing this door. This one specifically.
0: Yes, this one specifically. I... I think he may know how to open it is that something we want to do
1: I mean I don't even know what this door leads to I think we would need to do some more research into what this could hold
0: alright alright
1: but if you'd like to bring your friend here i think i could allow that
0: yes i think that might be a good idea okay and i get back on the phone ezra uh yes uh i need you to come somewhere are you free (laughs) yes
2: um where did you need me to go do you know where the pokios are I assume I do, right, Hannah?
1: Yeah, that's something that you know, being part of a more supernatural faction.
2: Okay. Uh, yes, um, I I do.
0: I will. Um, I will meet you at. I, I will meet you at the Condor Pukio. Over in the entrance, over in the dunes. Can you meet me there?
2: Yes, I'll. Uh, I'll. I'll come right away.
0: All right, I will see you.
1: Okay. Okay, with that, we're gonna go to Cyrus.
3: <laughs> Cyrus! Oh.
1: The other two were kind of, you know, resting. They were asleep. But you are definitely not asleep. You are deep in one of the caverns that branch off from Apakio. In the past week, you've heard through your roommate who works for the police department, that there's been an increased number of missing persons cases. Cristiano, your roommate, and told you that people in the neighborhood think that it's alien abductions. Of course. They've reported a flash of bright light and then the person is just mysteriously gone. Of course, as a monster hunter, you think that that's absolutely ridiculous. You don't believe in aliens.
3: No, I do not.
1: (laughs) With all the supernatural (laughs) forces in the area, Ah, you're sure that there's some kind of creature to blame here. What do you think it is? You, Wesley, just based off of that little information, what do you think it is?
3: A bright flash of light and gone? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay, obviously not an alien. Otherwise, I would say Raygun, but no.
1: (laughs) There were no disintegrated ashes at the scene.
3: (laughs) Okay, fine definitely could be <laughs> some kind of spirit or perhaps I mean I don't know the rules by which the supernatural creatures follow in this universe but I'm I would I would say I'm leaning towards some kind of spirit some kind of ghost okay. except that they are able to interact with the material world based on bright flash of light gotcha. so
1: Okay so this system, this system doesn't really have like an investigative mystery type role. Um, there's only like investigative place of power, and I don't really think that fits for this. So this is kind of the homebrew role that I've rule that I've come up with, and I, I'm okay. more than happy to get your input on that. You guys' input on this, but so there's a figure someone out role, and there's like investigative place of power. So, I'm thinking of basically combining those into figure something out where you roll with mind, but then I'll give you some information depending on your role, like it's investigate a place of power. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, I, think that, yeah, makes I sense. think that makes sense. I think it yeah. definitely works okay. for him
0: uh, for his specific character. Yeah,
1: you know? exactly. Yeah, so we're going to call it like figure something out instead of figure someone out. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and roll mines and I'll give you some more information. Okay. We'll see how what you think it is. Oh, nice. Okay. You got a thirteen.
3: <laughs> thirteen.
2: Wow. Yeah. Ox cars. Dang.
1: Okay. So, with a thirteen, I'll give you the information that you definitely know, and you can ask me one question because that's how investigate a place of power works. Okay. So you definitely know that it's a ghost or a spirit of some kind and that it's been bringing its victims down into the pookios and keeping them there. You assume to feed off of somehow, but you're not quite sure.
3: Then I am going to ask if I know that it is a ghost and or spirit. What can incapacitate this ghost or spirit?
1: Yeah, so it's very um, traditional, like iron um, anything that you know of traditionally that would harm ghosts or spirits—they're very classical in that sense. Ah, okay then. <laughs> but specifically, what comes to mind is cold iron.
3: Cold yeah. iron, or possibly salt. I'm thinking.
1: Yes, or salt. Yeah.
3: So I know this, and yeah, I think he is just following, uh, following down the paquito and.
1: Not po no, there's no T, it's poquillo. <laughs> I think poquito is something else. <laughs> I,
3: I, I know that's actually the word for small, if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> poquito. <laughs>
0: hey, if we accidentally say anything naughty in Spanish, um, we apologize. Just, I'm just sorry. ahead <laughs> of time. We want to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, Wesley, so Cyrus. Yeah,
3: so I think he's just going along this time. Yeah,
1: so go ahead and describe Cyrus to us, and then we've already kind of touched on the fact that you're a monster hunter, but just give us some general information on your class like Andrew and Susanna have.
3: All right. Uh. Well, yes, I am going to be playing Cyrus Locke. He's of the Mortality Faction. He is 100% human, but he is... He has been in this city for several years. He's actually been here probably longer than the other two because I'm not going to get into backstory yet, but for his own reasons, he has become a, basically a professional monster hunter. He is known in certain circles as the one that you come to when your monster problem is too big, too dangerous, too frightening, You send for him and he gets it done. My class is basically, I I think I'm more weaponed out than either of the other two. I have more firepower, I think, than either of the other two
2: have (laughs) and I- My character doesn't even own a weapon, yeah.
0: If we we get into a fight, we're gonna be relying on you entirely. Yeah.
3: Wow, this is gonna be fun. (laughs) This is gonna be so fun. I'm gonna get to kill so much, it's awesome. (laughs) I, I'm not a sociopath, I promise. I'm just really excited.
1: <laughs> He's just excited.
3: <laughs> they wouldn't be able to... Do you want me to describe appearance just because it's dark and because just because appearance is cool?
1: Yeah. Yeah, just give us a, you know, tell us appearance-wise what he would look my,
3: like. My class basically is, it is the most stacked, hit things as hard as you can and make them hurt. That's basically my entire, nearly my entire class. It's that's basically my entire, nearly my entire class. It's investigation and and the harming things, <laughs> mm-hmm. basically. And
1: your class is the hunter, just for clarification. I'm sorry. I don't know if we said yes, the
3: I, <laughs> I I I never did say the actual name. Yes, the the hunter. So uh, my look, imagine sort of like that classic noir detective sort of look but it's a little different because he has this he wears this close-fitting black coat in which he you know he's got to have pockets for his many different items and then he also has if you were seeing him he's uh, he's a he's a black guy I, i've never played a black guy before i thought it would be interesting he's a black guy <laughs> he has got he's got green eyes and uh, also If you look up on Google, kind of that uh, mobster-style fedora, he's got one of those.
0: Trilby? Mm -hmm.
3: Is that its actual name?
0: I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Okay,
3: Trilby. Fine. And then, you know, he's got military-grade boots, and then it depends on whether he's on a job or not, because he understands the value of keeping hidden, so that's why he wears the black coat. (laughs) He also carries with him. He doesn't take this into combat, but it is quintessential to what he can do. He carries a... You know, like in those Secret Agent movies with the uh, the chrome suitcase, the silvered suitcase? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. He carries that with him as well, which he usually keeps in the trunk of his car. He does have a car. He normally carries this with him. He doesn't carry this into combat, but it contains several items of of great importance <laughs> when in combat
1: yes yeah, so i'm laughing because i'm pretty sure i know what it is. <laughs> oh yeah all right. it's oh, fine yeah. it'll come up she knows later. exactly what's sure. in that case <laughs> oh boy yeah all right. <laughs> all right so um cyrus you're fully prepared you know for this ghost spirit encounter you're walking down this bakiyo and you realize that you can hear what sounds like muffled voices. Mm. So you follow these voices into kind of like a cave that comes off from one of these aqueducts. And inside of this cave, you see a group of people which seem to match your you know, missing persons information. Um, there's a small girl, three adults and an older man. Okay. Um, there, you can see the faces of most of the people in the group. And it looks like there are two that are conscious. Okay. And they have something covering their mouths and binding their hands together.
3: Oh. Okay, then. He's going to approach very slowly in order not to freak them out. His, his flashlight is playing over the shadows and he's approaching them. I'm guessing they're... Guessing they see him, their eyes are very mm-hmm. wide. He approaches very slowly. He says, It's alright. It's alright. I'm I'm here to help you. And he looks and he looks down, he sees he sees that they are tied uh with something, and
1: So, before you continue, as you get closer, the young girl in the group, she had her back turned to you, but she stands up and as she turns around to look at you, you can tell her movements just feel wrong.
3: <laughs> Not right. And then you're oh.
1: able, as you're up close, you're able to see that her mouth is bound by the same material as the others. And up close, you can tell that it's a thick cobweb. Oh. And then mm. as you look oh, up into this girl's eyes, You realize that her eyes are completely gone. She only has empty sockets. And even though there's nothing there, like there's no eyes, you get the distinct feeling that she has locked eyes with you. That she's staring straight at you. Her gaze is Mm. locked with you she starts to like, cock her head. And the temperature drops in the room. Like you can see your breath in front of you. And the hair raises on the back of your neck. And you start to hear whispers growing louder and louder. And even though the girl's mouth is bound shut, you can tell that these whispers are coming from her. And she says, mother is coming. Mother loves fresh blood. <laughs> what
0: do you oh,
3: do? <laughs> oh, I do not like that. I do not like that. Oh, okay. Well, I doubt this um, malevolent little girl is going to let him, you know, go through his uh, case. So, since he knew this was a spirit uh, beforehand, he has outfitted himself appropriately. Uh, I'm imagining this really kind of cinematic kind of shot if there were a light, but there's not. But what they see is it's it's in shadow, so she can't really see what he pulled out, but he pulls his left arm out, uh, out from his coat, and uh, if there were any ambient light at all, uh, the light would be catching on the edge of something very... It's obviously not an actual hand what he has on the end of his arm, and she can't really tell what it is, but she's going to know very quickly because he is going to defend himself.
1: Okay, so as you're doing this, like as you kind of like pull your your hand out ready to attack, the cavern is suddenly filled with like this blue glow. Um, you've encountered mm. magic before and you can tell that this light is just like pure magical energy. And actually, hmm. Benjamin, you would be outside still. Like, you are on your way to meet Ashira, and you are making your way to the Pekio entrance, and you notice that the night sky is suddenly filled with the same blue glow. So, from your visions, you can kind of assume that the lines are glowing like you saw in your vision.
2: Oh, okay.
1: But this glow... Um it's kind of like bluish. You can't exactly tell which like if it's all of the lines or just a few because you're like down in the cityscape, but you can assume from your vision that it's, this is the lines glowing.
2: Mhm, right. Like I can see this kind of blue light being cast into the sky and I know that the lines outside the city, at least some of them are glowing right now. Yes. Okay. Ben is going to kind of like hurry his step up, and he's just going to be like, oh, I did not. Not now. Something like this should not be happening right now. And I'm trying to get to the Pekio entrance faster.
1: And Ashira, down in the Pekio, um, you can actually see this blue glow, too, um, coming from a specific cave off of the aqueduct.
0: Oh, what the hell now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I think that might be a good place to end Uh, it for our first episode. No!